Good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing this morning? Listen, I survived the first week of school. I was just talking to Megan back there about surviving the first week of school. Listen, I know all of you guys that have real jobs that you work all year don't understand what the first week of school is like for a teacher. But when we haven't had to like get up and put on real clothes for a couple, like a month or so, and then all of a sudden we have to do it, it is just the hardest thing in the world. We joked at our house that that first week of school we were all like toddlers. By the end of the day we were tired, we were hungry, we needed a nap, we were thirsty. It was just, we were all just ready to be done. It's such a hard thing. But let me tell you, it's great to get back into the school year. For those of us who are teachers and students, our January is August. It's the start of a new year for us. It's a, a fresh start. It's a fresh planner. It's a new clean notebooks. It's the chance to do it right. And so we dig into this new year. And I just want to say how excited I am about the things that are going on this fall at church. Listen, we've got a lot of stuff happening. I'm excited. Next week we'll tell you more about the two Bible studies that are going to be taking place on Wednesday nights. It's going to be a great time. And let me tell you, we have two wonderful Bible studies. There will be something for everybody on Wednesday nights. And so I want you to be thinking about that, with getting that in your mind for your schedule to include Wednesday nights as a part of your routine for your kids and for you getting plugged in because it's going to be really, really great. Also today, I just want to applaud my youth because can I just tell you, our young people are amazing. And we are a small church, but within this church, we have teachers and students represented at every public high school as well as several private schools in Jackson in this church. That means there is somebody from New Life Church represented all over, plus multiple elementary schools and middle schools. So when we are in here, I don't want you to think that just because we're a small church, we have a small impact. We have the opportunity to have a hand all across this school system. Miss Amber Dominguez drives, this, drives a school bus in a pretty um, difficult area of town to be driving a school bus in. Her first full day, she had a fight on her bus. She had some kids that did not know where to get off. So she finished her route and still had kids on her bus and had to go back and find and then still had one on her bus. And he wasn't even on the right bus. He was on the other side of town, and she drove him all the way back to his house. Let me tell you something. We have an opportunity to really impact our community through our schools, through the children that we see. Let me tell you something. The mornings on your way to work, when you see those babies outside waiting for the school bus, pray for them. You might be the one, only one that's going to pray over them that day. You see their face, the same faces every week. My mom says she, she saw one, this one little boy. The first day he was by himself, he was happy. The next day a little girl was out there, and he was pretending she was not there. <laughs> he thought he had the bus stop to himself. He was not happy about the arrival, and she was out there bouncing that day, and he just was not feeling it anymore. But listen, you see these kids' faces, these teachers' faces. Be praying for them. This is a big year, and, and we're going to get, get into the Word really quickly this morning. Uh, I'm going to teach a word today called Advance, about how we can move forward and advance. Uh, Pastor Prentice and Pastor Jeremy both tried to preach my message a little bit this morning in their words, which is always just a good sign that God has a good direction for us to go today. So we're going to get right into the Word. I have two short passages of Scripture today. The first one is in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. If you could put these up here for me. The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. 
break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Go to all the neighboring peoples in the Arabah, in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev, and along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. And then in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray really quickly. Lord, I just pray today that you would inspire us with your word, that Lord, that you would show us how to apply the word of God to our lives today, that you would give us the courage to go forward and advance in our lives and for the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, um, before we go into this today, I want to, I do want to acknowledge a couple of things today. And there's a couple of, two ladies that I want to acknowledge today, just really quickly. They don't know I'm going to do this, and I actually didn't decide to do it until a little while ago. But there are two moms today whose daughters are headed off to college. Um, Blair just packed up Rowan and put her in college yesterday. Y'all just give her a pat on the back. It's hard sending your kids off. And then Miss Sharonda is Autumn. If you'll see Autumn today, she's teaching today in class, but Autumn is heading out to the University of Memphis this coming weekend. And I want to acknowledge them because let me tell you something. We have some of the most amazing single moms in our church, and they do the most amazing job with their children. And I am just so proud of these young women, and their moms are just a testament. Let me tell you, what the world says, the statistics of the children of single moms, does not apply to the women in this church and to the women of God. And they are a united front, encouraging each other, empowering each other, and they are changing things. And I want you to know, if you're a single mom here in this church, you need to find some of these ladies and connect with them and get encouraged and get support and know that you are, we, we applaud you. You are amazing and your children are doing wonderful things and I am so excited for these girls. I got pictures of dorm rooms yesterday. Oh, I would never go back to high school, but college, I'd go back to college. <laughs> dorm rooms, new people, that's fun. That's exciting. So be praying for, for them as they start college. Be praying for their mamas who are sending them out. It's a, little, it's a little hard for mamas. But listen, today as we get into this word, before we can begin to talk about how we are going to advance in God, I really want to take a quick moment and an opportunity and to know that before we can move forward with God, we really have to make sure that our relationship with God is solid and it's real. And a lot of times when we're coming to church every week, we can take that for granted that everyone here has a relationship with God. We can take it for granted a lot of times that our relationship with God is, is solid and where it needs to be if we're coming every single week, right? But I want to encourage you today, and I want you just to take a moment and, and to know that there's some things you need to know about your relationship with God and remember about salvation today. And one of those things is, is that he turns disgrace into grace. 
and the disgrace of your past and your mistakes, God turns that into grace. So sometimes, no matter how long we have walked with the Lord, disgrace tries to creep in, and it tries to have an effect on us, and it tries to remind us of who we were, and it can begin to pull us down. But you need to know today and be encouraged that God turns disgrace into grace. He also, we want you to know today and be reminded that your flaws are hidden in God's perfection. Look, we are flawed people, right? We all, we're imperfect and we need a savior, but we serve a perfect God. And our flaws and imperfections are hidden in and covered by his perfection. That is part of the salvation of Jesus Christ. And our unworthiness is transformed by Jesus' worthiness. And I just want today, before I get in here, and I really want to encourage us about advancing with God in, our, in this school year and in this year, I want to take a moment to encourage you to remind yourself of the salvation of Jesus Christ. Let's not take it for granted today. Whether you've walked with the Lord for longer than some of us have been alive, or whether you're new to following after God, be encouraged today. Remember your salvation. It's so easy sometimes to forget what salvation really is. It's the fact that we are flawed and imperfect people, and our Savior, he loved us enough to cover that. That we are not worthy to come before a holy God, but our Savior made it so that he stands between our unworthiness and his worthiness allows us to come into the presence of God. Remember today your salvation and how powerful it is. And if you do not know Jesus Christ, then I encourage you today to take that step of faith and rest in, as we sang this morning, the promises of God, rest in salvation we never want to take that for granted, that just because we gather here every week together, that all of us have a relationship with the Lord, and we want to make sure that we're doing our part in that. And so I want to encourage you today, thank the Lord for your salvation. Amen? Listen, all right, let's get into this. So this scripture that we read in Deuteronomy 1 and 8, this is Moses is talking to the people of Israel, and this is right after they've been wandering for 40 years. Any of y'all ever got lost before? Let me tell you, you can get lost, be five minutes from your house, and how many of you know you can drive around for like an hour, right? And then you get home and you realize, I was literally not even a mile from my house. How did I get this lost, right? So when we're talking about the people of Israel wandering for 40 years, let me tell you, this was not a big area that they were in, okay? They could have really gotten there in a couple of days, and they were wandering for 40 years. They were pretty lost. And we're at this point in the story where it's time for them to begin to move out of this period of wandering. And at this point, all of the men who had been the, the, the soldiers and the fighters for Israel who had been around in Egypt were no longer there. There was a new generation of people who were coming forward, most of which were children or did not even remember the time of being in Egypt. And so they had been wandering for a long time and they were really unsure. But all Moses said was, it's time to break camp and advance. You're going to go into the land of the Amorites. These weren't their friends, okay? This was not like, oh, 
we're going to drive over to our friend's house and knock on the door and go in for a visit. No, this is, you're going to go into the land of the Amorites. You're going to go in and take this land that I have promised to you. And it, you know what? People don't really give up their land easily. I'm just saying. And so they knew that they were going in for this battle, but they were unsure. But all they knew was, is God said to break camp and advance. And as I was preparing today, I really felt this one statement come to my mind. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write it down. Put it in the notes in your smartphone. This is something I want you to tell yourself. Is that we have lived in between our past and his promise for long enough. We really have. We get stuck there a lot of times. We know what our past was. We have a hope and a promise for our future. And we get stuck living in between. And it's time to move on. It's time to break camp and advance forward. It's time to advance into what God has for us. You can't in your own strength deliver on God's promises, can you? We can't. We can't do this on our own strength. Listen, the Old Testament is full of people who tried to do it on their own, and things never worked out quite well for them. It just didn't. Right? We're, we can't do it in our own strength. But he has a promise for us, and his instructions to us are to break camp and to move forward. But we know that we have God with us, right? I'm going to show you this short little, like, 20-second clip from one of my favorite movies, The Lion King. Okay? Y'all know it's, like, one of your favorites, too, okay? I went and saw it in the movie theater when I was, like, 12 I remember it. I cried. It was intense. I still love this movie. This one little 20-second clip, though, kind of reminds me of life. Simba, small baby Simba, is facing the hyenas. And I want you to imagine yourself facing life. Three hyenas. Name them what you will. It could be bills, children, family. <laughs> Who knows? Your hyenas may have different names, right? But Simba is being faced with these hyenas. And we're just going to see how we respond and then what happens. So this is a short little clip. It's kind of silly. But let's just play this real quick. Here's the little ads apparently at the front. This is not the one. It's one of the most beloved films of this all time. One of Actually not it. That what we have? Okay, that's not what what it was. I'll just tell you. I'll act it out. I'm an actress. I can do it. Theater person. Okay. So here we go. Let me get in my zone. <sighs> okay. So Simba and Nala have gone to the graveyard where they are not supposed to be. Y'all imagine? You know where I'm at, right? They were told, "Do not go to the graveyard, elephant graveyard." But they are there, and they should not be. And the hyenas show up, right? And they look at Simba, and they say, "Roar at us." scare us away, right? So Simba's like, I'm a lion, I can do this. Right? And what do the hyenas do? They laugh, right? They laugh at him. Now, just put yourself in that position, right? It's the first of the month coming, and your mortgage looks at you and it says, roar. <laughs> and your bank account goes, right? Or your children, 
who are pushing you to the nth, right? Let me tell you. So we've all been there, right? And Simba is there, and he's facing these things that are going to kill him. And he tries. Oh, he tries in his own strength to roar, but nothing happens. And they look at him, and they say, do it again. Do it again. And this time, he goes to roar, but when he opens his mouth, it's not his voice that comes out, right? What happens? We don't see Mufasa at that point, but he is there. I can't roar like that. I so wish that I could. I, I really need Leo to do this for me because he's got a roar down. But Simba opens his mouth, and instead of his little coming out, Mufasa's voice comes out, and it's this booming, loud roar. And the little hyenas look at this little tiny baby lion like, did that just come out of him? And then out of nowhere, Mufasa swoops in and takes the lions out. And you realize in that moment, right, that we are all little Simbas trying to face the world and face our problems on our own. And we're sitting there looking at these things, staring us down the face. And every one of us have different types of hyenas that we're facing, okay? Yours are going to have different names than mine are going to have. We're all going to have these things that we face. And let me tell you something. If we go to try to deal with this in our own, we're going to get eaten. We're going to get laughed at by the enemy, by the world, and by our problems. We cannot take a hold of the promises that God has for us on our own. But in that instant, when we realize what it really means when it says in Matthew that he was to be called Emmanuel, God with us, that that means that he is with us. So when we go to face these problems, we go to face these situations, it is not us that is pushing back the enemy. It is not us that is pushing back and dealing with the problems. It is not us that is conquering these things, but it's Emmanuel, God within us, that is pushing back the darkness and pushing back what is happening. Let me tell you something. If you're fighting for your children, and we have to fight for our children. We have to fight for their innocence. We have to fight for their purity. We have to fight for their mind. We have to fight for them. And let me tell you, the world loves to be a bunch of hyenas. They love to expose our children. They love to torment our children. They love to come at us and laugh in our face. But we are small, but it is God who is with us who helps us to push back the darkness. But let me tell you something we have to remember. We have to remember who it is. Because when we start doing it in our own strength, we don't get very far, do we? Amen? It's hot up here. It's just hot. I want to talk about advancing forward and realizing that if we have a God who is with us, then we need to make some advancements in our life, right? We talk about the promises of God, and he has provided for us. He's going to make a way for you. But the promises of God also can look different in all of our lives because the will of God looks different in all of our lives. And the promises of God for you are for you to be in the will of God, for you to be in the promised land that he has for you. And I hope that for all of us, that means we are millionaires. Claim it. Adrian's claiming it with me, right? I, 
claim it for you. I will be happy to come hang out with you. I will be happy to come eat dinner with you. Listen, that, that would be great if that was what God had for each and every one of us. But listen, there's a difference between prosperity and provision. And God provides for us. And it may not look like a million dollars, but God provides for us. And his promises for us are that we are going to live in the will of God for our lives. And that we are going to live in the promised land that he has for us. That's where the people of Israel were about to go. They were about to go into the promised land. And in that promised land, they were going to have some battles. They were going to have some problems. But that land was theirs. And let me tell you, a struggle being in the place God has called you to is a much different struggle than struggling outside of where God has called you to be. Because when you're struggling and fighting for what God has for you in the place where he's placed you, you have him with you and inside of you. But when you remove yourself and you are outside of the will of God and you are struggling, it's a lonely place to be. So if we're going to move forward with God, we've got to know that there's a promise and a purpose for our life. And that promise is yes and amen. And there is a promised land for us. And there is a will of God for our life. And he is not a God who would keep that from us. He desires for us to be in that will. And so we're going to move forward. So the people of Israel had to face this. So there's three little things I want to point out today about advancing with God. And the first one is, if you're going to advance, it takes faith. Faith. Don't you love buzzwords? Faith shouldn't be a buzzword, but it really is. Right? We tell people all the time, have faith. What does that mean? How do I have faith? We know that it's hope in the things that are unseen, but how do we have faith? It's, it's a struggle that we all face and deal with. But what we know is, is that if I, my faith is, is that I know that there's a will of God for my life. I know that there's a promised land for me. I know there's a place that God has for me. There's the job, there's the opportunity where he's going to put me in to further his gospel and further the will of God. And it's going to be a good place for me and my family. And my faith is, is that I know I'm going to get there. I know I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and I am going to get there. And let me tell you something. When you're taking over ground, when you're moving forward, remember the Israelites had to go into this promised land, but there were people there. And they had to take it over. And listen, when you go in and begin to walk in the will of God, the enemy sees that as you taking his ground, right? You know when there's a person in your life that you've been praying for, believing God that they're going to be saved, and you begin to make progress in talking to them about God. You begin to make progress in inviting them to come. What happens? The enemy gets mad because what are you doing? You're taking his land from him. But with faith, we can change that mindset. See, I'm not taking anything from the enemy. I'm receiving from God what is already his. So if I can change my perspective around, I can build my faith. This job that I know is out there for me that is better than what I am in right now, it's not about me taking a job. It's not about me going out and fighting for a job. It's about me knowing that that job is already God's and I'm just going to receive it from him. 
That's faith. That's knowing that I don't have to fight for what's mine. I receive what's mine. I don't have to fight for that person to come to know Jesus Christ. I receive and believe for their salvation, knowing that they already belong to God. And so therefore, I will help receive them into his body. So we've got to change our perspective when we are believing for something. To know and understand what faith is. This is already God's. I receive it from him. When we're advancing, number two, we also have to have obedience. This is a hard one for me. <clears throat> Do you hear how loud my mother just laughed at that? <sighs> my mom just laughed so loud at that. <laughs> Obeying has never been a specialty of mine. <laughs> I, which is why, because the, what we sow, we reap. You guys can meet my children later. I'm reaping it right? But it takes obedience. Let me tell you something about obedience. We get frustrated when our children don't obey, and yet none of us are very good at it either, right? We're grown-ups. We still don't like to obey. The rules of the road, the speed limit. It's okay. I'm talking to myself. I got a ticket a couple months ago right in front of JCS. Just be careful. Stay, stay going slow over there. But we all have a struggle with obedience. But when it comes to the things of God, obedience is about testing that faith. And let me tell you something. There's a value in application. So if we believe the word of God, then we have to apply it to our life. There's value in applying it to our life. So if we say we believe in the power of prayer, then we need to apply prayer to our life. If we say we believe in fellowship with brothers and sisters in unity, then we need to apply fellowship to our life. If we believe in the word of God, if we believe that faith moves mountains, then we need to apply faith to our lives. If we believe these things, we have to apply it. And so there has to be obedience and let me tell you, the people, in the, as they went into Israel, many of you have heard the story of Joshua and Caleb, right? They sent all the spies in, right? They came back with these great big grapes and all this kind of stuff. And they were like, it's awesome, but there's giants, so I don't think we should go, right? And Caleb and Joshua were like, no, we will take this land. What happened to those spies who were not willing to apply what God had said to their life? We don't read about them anymore. They were taken out. And yet Joshua became the ne next leader of Israel, right? Because they were willing to apply it to their life. Now I thank God we don't live in the Old Testament. I thank God for grace that he doesn't put me out when I don't apply. <laughs> but we need to realize that if we want to advance and move forward, if we want to get out from where we are, we have got to apply the word of God to our lives. We've got to be generous. We've got to pray. We've got to read the word. We've got to encourage ourselves in the Lord. All those things we take for granted that we know to do, we've got to quit taking them for granted, and we've got to apply them to our life. The next thing that we need to, to be able to advance with God is God. And that's easy enough, right? Listen, anything that you can do without God is not worth the stress. It's just not. Like, if you can do something without the Lord, then what are you stressing about? 
But we cannot walk into the fullness of his will for our life without him. And we can read in the Old Testament the difference of trying to do something with God or without God. And here's the clue. God doesn't need our help to do anything, right? So one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is about the Ark of the Covenant. It gets taken by the Philistines, right? The Philistines have it. They take it. They're excited. They start getting tumors. They're like, we got to get rid of this. So they send it to the next Philistine town. What happens there? Same thing. People are sick, dying, right? Now, the Israelites are not moving the ark. Who's moving the ark? The Philistines who took it are now moving it, right? So it keeps going from city to city, and it gets to the last city. They're like, we have got to get rid of this thing because the presence of God is not ours to have, and by us keeping it, we are literally dying and suffering. So they put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart, strap it to two cows, and just send it on. And you know what? A little while later, the Israelites look and begin to rejoice because here comes the ark. Nobody's bringing it. Nobody's showing it where to go. It's just coming. The presence of God defeated all of Philistine without any help from anyone. He did it with just his presence. It just moved until all of a sudden the presence of God came back to where it was supposed to be. Listen, if we can get that, that God doesn't need our help to defeat our problems, then we will realize that's who we want to be with, right? If you don't need my help to do this, I'm going to get right next to you, and I'm going to let you handle it, right? If you're going up to face a bully at school, who do you want with you? Me? I want Tyrone and Jordan. Because... I could be behind them like, hold me back. <laughs> what? They won't even be able to see me back there. I'd be like, you guys got this? I'm going to grab some Twizzlers. Thanks. Appreciate it. Listen, we know when we fight earthly battles, we want qualified people with us, right? If I'm going to have to call and deal with a problem, I want a qualified person to tell me what to do. This is why when somebody gashes their knee open, we text pictures to the nurse practitioners in our church. This problem is beyond us. Do we need to go get this stitched up? <laughs> right? Because we know that we've got to look for the qualified people to deal with the problem that we're facing. How come we will get sick and go to a qualified doctor? We will have financial problems and go to a qualified accountant. But when we face spiritual problems or life problems, we forget to go to a qualified God. He is the only one that we need. And we have to realize we cannot move forward without him. And too many times we're trying to move forward without taking God with us. We need the presence of God with us at all times. We have to have faith and obedience, but most importantly, we have to have God. More than once we see in the Old Testament these kings who actually were successful say, I'm not going unless God is going. If the presence of God is not going, I'm not going. Now, they had a tangible and physical view of the presence of God. We don't have that here, 
but we have a sense inside of us. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Begin to turn it on and listen. Have a discernment of the Holy Spirit to know. If I start going this way, I can sense the Lord going, nope. All right, I'm going to go over here. I can sense it. Sometimes we sense it. Our mouth begins to open. We're like, well, nope. Mm -mm. Right? Because you can begin to open your mouth and you just feel the presence of God leave the situation. That means you should turn and run with the presence of the Lord. Right? We have got to remember the presence of God and value its place and sense it in our life and refuse to go into any situation without it. Pray up. Get ready to fight it. He is with us. Now, the one difference is, is, listen, in the Old Testament, when they were taking land, they were taking out people. It was pretty gruesome. I mean, the Old Testament is no joke. When it said, we're going to take this land, they meant they were going to take the land. And it was not pretty what happened. But we don't live in the Old Testament. We apply the wisdom that we get from the Old Testament to our lives under Jesus Christ. And so when we go in to take the land, we need to remember that our enemy is not people. Gosh, that would be, it's so easy right now, right? We can all just wink and we don't have to say any names or talk about anything on television. But it is easy right now to make people the enemy. If we could just take this person out, if we could just take this person out, you may be thinking of some people you work with. If they would just, I don't know, retire, things would be better, right? We can begin to think about these things, and we can begin to think that our enemy is people, but our enemy isn't people. Listen, people are meant for us to begin to take with us. We are not triumphing over people. We are supposed to advance together. And let me tell you, when I see someone succeed, I want to join with them. And if you begin to move forward in your relationship with God, you'll begin to bring other people along with you. And if we can realize that we're not supposed to climb over people, we're supposed to take them with us as we move forward. People aren't our enemy. We are supposed to take them with us. This is how we look at the parallel between Deuteronomy and Matthew. They're both talking about advancing and taking the land. In the Old Testament, it was a literal, physical piece of land that belonged to them. In Matthew 28, it is literal souls and lives that we are supposed to take with us as we advance. We need to be bringing people with us as we go. The more people we add as we move forward, the stronger the move of God gets. The more people that we inspire and encourage to take that step of faith in their own life, the more, the stronger the movement of God gets. And let me tell you something. If you've ever swept this gym, you understand that it's important to have a wider broom. Now, listen, if we got a kid who's acting a fool and they need some trouble, we will be happy to hand them a little tiny broom and tell them to get busy. But that is not how you cover a lot of ground, right? But what we realize is, is you get the biggest, widest push broom you can, and you begin to move forward and cover a lot of ground. 
Okay. That's okay. You guys go. Mr. Rick's coming. Adrian's coming. Miss Neva fell. It's all right. We got our nurses going. Didn't I just talk about how good it is to have them? Let's pause for a moment. Right now, Lord Jesus, I come before you. And together, we unite together as a church. And whatever has caused Miss Neva to fall right now, in the name of Jesus, we just speak healing to her body. Right now, that enemy, you have no place to take her body to, ca to cause her pain or suffering. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing to her. God, we speak peace to our children in class. We thank you for their wisdom to come and get adults and to get help. Thank you, God, right now that you bring peace to them as they go and as they prepare and they take care of what needs to be done. And we thank you, God, for doing a work right now in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. And I thank you my son can run fast. <laughs> Listen, we're going to move forward. We're going to take people with us. And that push broom, let me tell you, the wider it gets, the more ground that you can cover. So what I realize is, is that if I begin to move forward with God, if I will take you with me, then we can cover more ground, right? And the other thing is, is if I link here with you and you link with me and we link over here, then when one of us trips and falls, the other two just keep pushing us forward. The stronger we are, the more unified we are. Listen, we're going to hit bumps. We're going to hit bruises. We're going to trip. We're going to fall. But it, don't have to worry about it because we got people who are going to pick us up, and we're going to begin to keep moving forward. So listen, we're going into this school year, and whether you're a teacher or a student or not, we know that going into this season, this is a season where we need faith, we need obedience, and we need God. Let me tell you, just a few years ago, we broke camp and we advanced. We broke camp as a church and we advanced. We moved forward. And to some people, it may not look like we moved forward, but we moved forward and we advanced. And so as our church, we know we've, we've got a commitment, Heart for the House, coming up on the 28th. I encourage you to be here because you need to be joined with each other. We need to be encouraged and united together to know where we're going and how we're moving forward. Things are happening. People are moving and advancing, and we need to be united together in that. When we're united as a church, then we're united as individuals, then we're united as a family, and we can advance in our lives. So I have two questions for you to write down to be thinking about as you're facing situations this year. We're going to wrap up with this. Two questions to ask yourself. Am I advancing? The second question, am I taking ground? Am I advancing? Am I taking ground? Because when you're faced with a situation that you have to deal with, you can stop and ask yourself, okay, right now, if I apply faith to this, if I apply my obedience to this, is God in this, or am I going to advance? Is this going to move me forward? Young people, you got to ask yourself that about relationships. Not just boyfriend-girlfriend relationships, friendships. Even as an adult, this is a lesson that I have had to learn. That not all friendships and relationships will advance your life. In fact, there can be really good people who love the Lord, 
who do not advance your life and can actually put you in a stalemate or lead you in that in-between place. And so we may know people and have acquaintances with people, but we have got to begin to ask the Lord when it comes to every aspect of our life, from our relationships to our job choices, our financial choices, our choices with our children and everything that we face, am I advancing? Am I taking ground? Am I moving forward towards the will of God for my life, towards the promises that God has for me? Am I moving out of this in-between place where I have been, and am I moving forward and towards the promises of God? Sometimes it's just so hard to take the first step, right? Like, listen, I have been starting a diet and exercise routine every Monday for the past 10 years. It's just super hard to advance there, okay? Right? That's all right. Everybody has their own areas. But we have to ask ourselves, are we advancing? Are we moving forward? And if you're feeling stuck, you're feeling like you're kind of in limbo, maybe it's time to look at where am I missing what I need? Where am I lacking faith? Where am I lacking obedience? And where am I lacking the presence of God? Where are those things lacking in my life? Because if I can find it, I can move forward, and I can advance. All year, we're taking ground for God. I want you to remember, if nothing else today, when you're facing a situation in life, I want you to remember Mufasa. And when you got to deal with some stuff, right? When the bill to fix your car is higher than you expected, when you get a call from the school about your child, it's a problem, you don't know how to deal with it. When a family member or you personally is facing an illness or a sickness or a challenge that they don't know how they're going to overcome it. When you are facing that situation, I want you to think of Mufasa. I want you to realize that as that's coming at you, your roar, your abilities are in significant. We are not equipped to tackle those things, but God inside of us is. And if we will allow his presence to fill us, if we will lean into his word, if we will lean into faith and into obedience, God will do what he said he will do. His promises are yes and amen. He wants us to move forward. He does not desire that we should live in a place of wandering all of our lives. He desires for us to see the promised land. So let's move forward in faith.